I'm the CEO and chairman of Nyama World. Uh, Nyama World is a trading name. The name of the company is Afrisphere Worldwide Limited in Malawi. Malawi is a small gem in Africa, unheard by a lot of people, but it is a beautiful country. This, this, is, this is Diversified Game Game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, today I have the king of meat, Mulibonji, Malawi. I know you guys are out there listening saying, I never give Malawi enough praise. Well, I was trying to find something that was not cannabis that the audience would, you know, listen to. And there's nothing wrong with you cannabis kings, but today I have the meat czar king. And Hussein is going to give us the game on how he started this meat company in Malawi, what it's doing, and if we're able maybe to get this uh, meat, maybe even in America in the future, we sure could use some clean meat. So welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Greetings of peace and blessings to you and everyone who sees and listens to me from Malawi. Which, which is known as the Walmart of Africa. And in my humble opinion... So tell me, what brought you, you know, into bringing meat processing into Malawi? Is this your first business? Are you a one of those serial entrepreneurs that, you know, you see a need and you jump right on it? As you might have read in the, in the article which I shared with you, we are fourth-generation four generation Malawians. And uh, myself, uh, I've been in the agribusiness sector now for almost 45 years. In 2007, uh, I came out of a family business uh, together with my son, Abu Bakr, uh, uh, which was involved in commodity trading and uh, manufacturing of uh, flour and high-protein foods and all that. And we did a short stint in uh, Dubai where we were actually promoting Dubai property to the rest of the world. But whilst we were in Dubai, we always had the intention to come back home in Malawi. And we saw the demand of meat in Dubai, and we also realized that uh, Malawi, whilst it's a producer of beef and goat, uh, very good goat meat, but uh, we don't have uh, anything uh, which uh, any... Slaughterhouse which can export out of Malawi. And one of the, there are two reasons why this happened. We've been in the agri sector, as I mentioned earlier, but spiritually always felt very close to to agriculture and always wanted to be attached to agriculture, but didn't want to go into the same business which I managed for the family for 25 years. So apart from spiritually being attached to agribusiness and being inspired towards this. I read a book in 2009, thanks to a friend from Dubai, his name is Farooq Qasim, who shared me the the name of the book called uh, The Blue Ocean Strategy, uh, uh, written by two Harvard professors. 
And uh, we saw this as an opportunity that, you know, whilst they are players in the, in the meat industry in Malawi, but no one exports and no one is doing something, something unique in Malawi. So the bull you saw in the background uh, when we were on Zoom, that bull is a breed called Bonsmara from South Africa. It's a breed which is uh, more than 60 years old. And this was created in South Africa to compete with Angus from the US. And from our research, we found out that, you know, that would be the best uh, to bring into Malawi to crossbreed with our local uh, beef cattle. Our beef cattle are very small in Malawi, so they cannot be termed like what you would be used to in the US, or especially if you look at our big brother in Africa being South Africa. So we decided that this is something which we would like to go in, but in the complete livestock value chain, we, we breed, we upgrade genetics. Uh, we have a, a state-of-the-art feedlot, uh, similar to what you would see in countries like South Africa, and then have a state-of-art uh, abattoir meat factory, which would be allowed to export. And with God's blessings, we achieved our dream uh, in the last four years where we've got the complete livestock value chain. So that's how we got inspired and got into this trade. What, what a great story. And I found your story on how we made it in Africa.com. And I would advise everyone to check out that story because there'll be some things intentionally I'm not going to talk about. But what I do want to talk about is and and you discussed it in that interview is the money because so many people africa is so full of talent you know everybody is either in africa or running to africa but for many people on the continent people are saying i would start this only if i had the money what would you tell somebody who they think money is their problem First and foremost is is the idea <coughs> behind uh, behind your your dream your vision and uh, money if your intentions are sincere and obviously your efforts are there and in our case I mean whilst we had uh, uh, working capital but to achieve the dream what we achieved was achieved through finances coming from a source uh, which which took real effort. As you might have read in that article, what you read and how I made it in Africa, is that we we did 90 proposal, proposals uh, to different institutions, locally, regionally, internationally. A 300-page document was submitted uh, on, on our vision and on our dream to so many institutions, and only one out of the 90 picked it up, and that was NORFUN, which is part of the Norwegian Ministry of Foreign Affairs. And also we had one other sort of requirement, because as Muslims, we don't go for interest-based finance. So we wanted a financial product which is in compliance with our religious belief. And with God's blessings, uh, with the efforts which were made, no fund came to the party here. So my message would be that without trying, you can't say that you you can't get finance. You have to try, and as long as you have got a good idea, uh, backed with uh, a proper feasibility study, it's very possible to do, in, do it in Africa. 
I, I love that. And let me know if you have any plans or if you have written a book on how you do business, because it's one thing business can always be a struggle to start. But then when you put in the, you know, your beliefs of we're not going to do that business, we're not going to take that type of money. Uh, some say that makes it even harder in business. But really, I think it makes it better because, you know, the, the lines in the lane that you're in. So, you know, it's easy to cut out certain people. But do you have any plans on writing a book? Not at the moment, but you never know in my retirement because uh, it's it's a two-man army with obviously a team uh, my son is in his late 30s uh, abu Bakr is his name and i'm i i touch 66 uh, later this year so you never know you never know you've given me a thought about uh, writing something i feel i feel very uh, strongly about uh, people writing books about themselves because you know uh, like for me, my grandchildren or uh, my nephews and nieces, uh, rather than reading about others, rather they read about their own family, their own uh, uh, family members who made it in life and how they made it in life, the, the pluses and the minuses. So it's, it's a very good idea. I've been advocating it to other founders who have made it in life uh, much bigger than myself maybe. But I think that's uh, that's a very good thing to do rather than reading about uh, people uh, not relevant to the country where you come from. You rather read about someone from your own and someone from the very country you come from. Definitely, definitely. And, and the fact that, you know, you are the only certified non-stun halal facility. And I also saw and this would impress you know, the, the world where they say Lloyds of London in Malawi. How did that happen? But that that's, you know, that shows that you really did your homework and that you can't get if you went to Oxford or Harvard. That's just pure grit networking and doing the work. So how do you while in a small country like Malawi, where some of the world are like Malawi, they, they don't even know where to find it on the map. Right. How do you find those partnerships outside of your country to, to make, you know, the dream and the goals come true? See, if I look back at my career, Kellen, it has been my real experience and my, my university has been traveling and networking. As I talk to you, I've got more than 2,000 contacts on my phone. And with God's blessings, uh, probably no city in the world, apart probably from the communist world, where I, where I haven't been, every city, is every country's capital I've been to and I've got a contact base there. So learning from others, and obviously when you go into my advice to my own son and to anyone aspiring a new project is that when you go for a particular field, then your focus should remain on that field. And once you have that focus, then obviously all these ideas related to being with the world come about because then you meet the people in the in the area of your business and you, you learn from them. So like, let me just give you an example. If you look at the breed we chose, this uh, Bonsmara breed has been the most successful beef cattle in South Africa for the last 30 years, both for quality as well as commercial viability so we did a lot of research on this before we 
settled on Bonsbara. Then, if you look at how we've gone about our breeding project, our breeding program rather, again, we, we uh, discussed, researched, and brought in experts from South Africa to guide us. And then, obviously, we did a tailor-made program which suits Malawi. Right? Then when you talk about Lloyd's uh, in London, I mean, again, having been in the commodity field, having been in flour milling, and then having this desire that you want to export, again, meet the people in the industry, and through their guidance, they're the only way to get uh, uh, across, uh, uh, as far as exports go from Malawi, is to have the right certifications. And then only you can obviously be competing with other origins which come to country. Uh, I'm country. recording. And our focus is either either export within the region from Malawi or to the to the Middle East. That for that you need hundred Nyama worlds from Malawi to be able to do that. And when people, you know, travel has become cheaper and cheaper, uh, more people are doing it. I know I represent influencers who live on the continent, are from the continent, and, you know, they're doing more traveling because it doesn't cost what it used to cost. Would you tell a young entrepreneur in your travels, what, did you always have a goal of I'm going for business or were you just getting lost in the world, making friends around the way for later on, you had a pipeline and path to, you know, connect with people for your needs? Kellen, I, I traveled around the world at the age of uh, 1979. So you can I was not even 21. And I actually went around the world with a friend of mine uh, we went around the world to have a look around, but at the same time, we were learning a bit on business. So I would say to a young entrepreneur that, you know, the best university when it comes to business is, is travel and to meet people. And uh, there's a very good saying. The saying is in the Urdu language, but it, it can be translated in English that uh, when, you, when you make an effort, yeah, you actually get rewards. In fact, I... I spoke at, uh, at a seminar of my late brother's company because he was my inspiration when it came to sales and marketing. And I was asked to actually uh, speak on sales and marketing. And I gave an example there rather than copying anyone. I, I stuck a few coins under the seat of the few part of the participants who were there at the seminar. And then I asked the participants to, to list the J's and said, what did you learn out of it? They also saw the coin under the J. And they gave different answers. They didn't give me the answer which I wanted to hear. But the answer is that when you make, when you when you get off your bum, or when you make an effort, then only you will see the coin under the, under the J. Now that to me, from my experience of having been in business now for 45 years, you cannot learn anything other than what you can learn uh, when you travel and meet people. And obviously, one key thing is very, very important is is, is focus. And uh, I feel that uh, spiritual attachment is very, very important as well because that's, that's your guide in life. That once you are spiritually attached, then uh, guidance comes automatically that what, is, what should you be focused on and who should you be attached to. Now in Malawi, 
for the young entrepreneurs there, because this goes out to different African radio stations, including AYV Radio in Freetown, Sierra Leone, our latest partners. Um, what organizations would or even websites would you say if you have just an idea and you're trying to connect with business people, this is where you could go because sometimes people just need that first step and then, you know, they're, they're ready to race. In Malawi, we've got a uh, government has created a very good entity called the Malawi Investment Trade Center. So it's MITC. Uh, uh, it would be very easy to find out from, uh, from the internet. And now that's a one-stop shop for any potential investor coming into Malawi. Even for a local entrepreneur, it's not just meant for foreign and foreign investors, it's meant for local investors as well. Uh, that would be a good start because they have got uh, sort of all the uh, uh, procedures which you need to follow to establish yourself. At the same time, they can even share uh, opportunities which are available in different fields of business depending on the interest you have. I, I love this. With the success that you've had and the best is yet to come, what is a community give back that you are doing or that you would like to do in the future? See, what we are attached to, we have worked with 11,000 smallholder livestock farmers and uh, more than 40% of that is women and youth. And our sincere desire is shareholders is to see that one day they are shareholders in our company because they are the backbone of our company and uh, we we work with these farmers we actually uh, give them artificial insemination for the Bonsmara breed as well as we loan bulls to them we've got farmers clubs uh, from this group of farmers we have worked with in the four regions in the four districts of Malawi in the northern region of Malawi so we would love to see that being the backbone of the business as raw material supplier, they should be part of the whole value chain. So as uh, father and son shareholders, our sincere desire and wish is to see that they should not only just be raw material suppliers, they should be part and parcel of the profit in the whole value chain. I mean, if a person is having stake in Dubai from Yama World, that person must actually know that which farmer it came for and what were the DNA of the of the cattle uh, from where the stake came from. That's our, that's our sincere wish. You know, we in our there have been donors who have actually given us some grants in our journey. And what we have seen is that if these farmers actually are attached to our program for five years, they'll be sustainable on their own. And that I feel would be a huge achievement that a smallholder livestock farmer uh, would would uh, would not need to get any support from it, and they would actually have their own business uh, in the time to come. Now, I, I made a reference in the beginning of this interview how maybe we can get some of the meat, but that sounds a way where is it possible if someone even in America where everybody seems to be wanting cloned meat or turned full vegetarian um, or vegan even more, is there a way that farmers can get some of that good seed and, and you know, have have that meat? you know, inseminated over here into some of the cows. Could, is that even possible? 
with your regulations not so but let me tell you one thing if you compare I mean if you we've had visitors from the US from Norway from other countries in Europe from uh, within the continent in Africa I mean what we can what we pride in is that all our meat whether it's beef or goat meat is totally natural we don't have we haven't gone for certification on the organic front because it's very expensive but what we are producing here is matchable to any plate in the world and probably it would actually uh, give you a run for your money uh, for for money to any us producer because there's so much of growth hormones uh, put in in your feedlots in the us even in south africa for that matter also uh, uh uh the natural aspect when it comes to grain feeding is not there because uh, the grain which you have and the grain which we have in our part of the world which is produced by the small order farmer there's no comparison it's completely natural now i don't know the last time you know you've been to the states but i'll, I'll tell the audience if you were to start with eating in africa versus then coming to america i mean foreigners start throwing up their their meat and their food here and they say what is this everything is so processed as you were you were just mentioning and and what is it about the uh the us regulations cuz you you you're a, t a teacher of this you can't bring pineapples from certain countries to america now uh, you're teaching me that you can't bring meat there there's no way it, is what in your best opinion why is america so hard on getting you know this fresh god-given material and putting it in our 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 country i'm i'm speechless on that one but what i would say that i i presume they want to protect your industry but at the expense of the consumer because one reason given by uh, supposed first world countries if you call them is that our veterinary uh, a sort of uh, structure is not in line with the standards which you expect but that again also is debatable it's very debatable you see uh, it all depends on the sincerity on the other side whether it's the us or whether it's europe and even like uh, south africa doesn't allow most of the african countries to export uh, meat to their country just for your information and the reasons no the main reason given is that the veterinary structures are not not uh, to the standards they should be but you'll be very surprised there are a lot of malawian vet doctors qualified in malawi and then have moved on in life you'll find you'll find them all over the world so how can one say that malawi malawi's vet structures cannot uh, come up to the standards of your of, of the first world yeah, I, I okay. I I would in a in a competition, I would take your meat and some encima versus whatever the best steak here in New York or Florida you can get, and do a blind taste test. And I, I bet the encima and your beef wins just because it's just even if you've never had you know what i call fresh natural halal um meat you'll know the difference when you have it if you could give no, even like, yeah. we also produce at our facility we produced aged meat as well so it's not just fresh halal we we do age because there are customers who would want uh, people who have the affluence and who can afford it 
believe me, I mean, there's no comparison. You would be very surprised. Because uh, when we did our first consignment to Kuwait, I, I had discussions uh, with the main uh, distributor of Angus beef from the U.S. in Kuwait. Without even seeing the beef from Malawi, he was ready to promote our beef. The moment he heard about the halal aspect, as well as more importantly about the natural aspect of our beef, he was very, very keen to promote it because he says people, people would prefer having something totally natural than something which has been, uh, where nature has been played with. It literally, not just myself, but I have clients when we've come back from Africa and then we have a meal, we get to, you know, the U.S., it can tear up your stomach. Um, God forbid you eat some fast food, but it, it will, can tear up your stomach compared to what you have in Africa. And there's been many people who have told me I've lost weight and I'm one of those people. Africa is my reset. I lose weight while eating whatever I want. So there's something, and I don't think it's a magic pill. It's something that you're doing right with your food compared to what's going on here. So I want to let the audience know to contact your Congress member or your local politicians because it's something's not right. And I think it's killing many of people, but that's my personal opinion, y'all, not a physician. So <laughs> ask your doctor. I, I agree with you. That also is my personal opinion. Look at look at the prevalence of disease in the U.S. and look at the prevalence of disease in this part of the world. Uh, you know, let's take the example of COVID. If you look at the COVID situation, like let's look at Malawi and compare it to South Africa. South Africa has a lot of processed food, especially on the meat front and even other foods as well. Whereas Malawi, majority of the population eats natural food. And you compare the steps on, on COVID, you'll get a shock. And I feel your immunity, like one of the key things, what the doctors are saying, that why one gets COVID is because your immunity is low. I feel it's the immunity depends on what you eat. And because we are blessed with natural food, our immunity is better than our brothers and sisters in South Africa, as, a, as an example. So my view is that uh, you you are what you eat, and if you are attached to natural food, then why should you be stopped from getting that natural food? As long as, as, long as all the certifications are in place and the controls are there. For the investors and potential investors who are listening, does your company have an opportunity for investors to, to come in? And if so, where can they learn more about that? Uh, they can contact me. You have got my contact details, Kellen. We are very much, uh, we, we feel as uh, shareholders that we, we don't want to go for debt. So we invite any regional or international investor to come in, they're most welcome. They, you please share my details with them and immediately they'll hear from me. Okay, and just, I, I wanna make it very clear for, for you people listening, or those of you who are watching, I know more of you are listening. Um, where, can you tell them a range of where they should start? Because you have a lot of people coming from China or even coming from the U.S. And especially the U.S., people are coming in with, hey, I got $5,000, $10,000 and think they're going to buy up a whole town. Can you let them know when you come and you're looking at an investment for a company, where you should be when you come to Africa? Because they clearly 
uh, don't know because no one has taught them. And I hope that this is a place that they can say, oh, let me <laughs> let me come with a reasonable amount. Yeah, we are looking for an investor with minimum four to four and a half million dollars. And the way I would recommend that, you know, the type de depending on the listenership, uh, what you have, I mean, people can create a consortium and come up with such a figure or people, if they have that sort of money, then they are most welcome. Because just for your information, to, to start up a business like this today on a greenfield basis, uh, it, you would need minimum seven to nine years of time and you would need at least $20 million to be where we are today. So we, we are offering a very good deal for a potential investor uh, and uh, more details can be given once someone contacts me. Okay, and that's U.S. dollars, folks. I know some of you guys, you know, back in the day were Zimbabwe trillionaires. We're not talking about the Zimbabwe old dollar. We're talking about U.S. dollars, where you need to be at. Um, I remember those days, a purse full of money. <laughs> you thought might get you something. It could buy you a Coke. But, <laughs> U.S. dollars definitely is U.S. dollars, and it's worth every penny. You can be that for sure. Yes, yes. Well, I, I love this conversation. Um, if you want to leave the people with any last words, feel free. I read something recently, you know, and uh, on agriculture, and I thought I must share it. It's like as if it came at the right time when you were supposed to interview me. There are two uh, motivational things which I saw recently. There's one which says the tiny seed knew that in order to grow, it needed to drop in dirt, covered in darkness, and struggle to reach the light. We are an example of that because it has taken time. And at the same time, uh, it has been a journey uh, where one has had to be patient as well. The other one which I read uh, a few days ago, and that also is so relevant to what we are talking about, Kellen, is that I saw a statement from the Ghanaian agriculture minister where he mentioned that farming is a noble occupation and profitable business venture for the Ghanaian youth. My message is this is for all the youth in Africa because there are not enough industries or businesses to employ everyone. And I think the youth, especially women and, and, and youth in Africa, must seriously look at agriculture uh, as an area because just to give you a slight background on our business you know when you talk of livestock in in africa and especially in countries like ours like malawi livestock has been like an insurance like for a wedding or a funeral or for educational fees or anything this the farmers we have worked with the eleven thousand farmers because they've turned their non-productive assets into productive assets not only are they making money from crops which they are growing but they are they are earning actually more money by selling one calf to us as a company just for your information so farming farming is a noble profession get attached to it it's the future for africa well i love that you guys have gotten the game if you do nothing else i want you to share this with somebody it will change their life be blessed y'all Hi everyone! Have you ever been curious about visiting Africa? Which African country were you interested in? Kenya, Nigeria, Uganda, South Africa, Ethiopia, 
Which country are you interested in? My good friend, Kellen Cash Coleman, came up with a course called My First Trip to Africa that'll guide you through this process. It's only $20, and in this course, you'll learn about passports, visas, vaccinations that you need before you go there, as well as a budget, uh, how much the trip is gonna cost. He also talks about what you should pack, uh, what you should take with you, how you should travel on a budget. Did you know that 100 US dollars is worth a thousand South African rand and over 10,000 Kenyan shillings? So imagine what you can do with $100 back home. I say back home because I'm from Sudan, I'm African. I already know how it's like. I know that, you know, when you convert Canadian and American money, it goes a long way when you're traveling across Africa. So if you're curious, um, if, if Africa is a place that you've always wanted to go, always wanted to move there, Kellen Cash is the person to ask. Check out the course. There's a little preview you can listen to. Um, before you actually purchase it. If you're interested in this course, visit www.diversifiedgame.com. Don't miss out. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.